Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to Manifestation Therapy, your trusted source for wisdom on the universal principles and the transformative magic integrating manifestation with the people that you support. I'm your host, Judy, and I'm thrilled to embark on this enlightening journey with you. In every episode, we'll unravel the timeless secrets of the universe, explore the art of conscious creation, and dive deep into Manifestation Therapy's incredible potential. Whether you're a seasoned practitioner or just starting your quest for a more abundant and fulfilling life for yourself and your clients, this podcast will support your growth, inspiration, and empowerment. So let's ignite the power within, align our thoughts with the energy we desire, and be our best potential. Welcome to Manifestation Therapies Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. It's been a busy month of a lot of sickness in my house and I have been working on a book proposal. So today we're going to actually talk about the law of correspondence. This comes from um, the universal principle is it happened for you, not to you. So the law of correspondence connects different patterns and micro and macroisms. I'm going to go into that a little bit deeper. So basically the law of correspondence is often expressed with the as above, so below, as below, so above. So I know that might not make a lot of sense, but bear with me. Basically, it's the idea that there is consistency in our relationships, in the patterns that are around us and within us, and the similarities that exist across different dimensions and scales of our existence. So for instance, there is different systems of microisms and macroisms. Think uh, big and small. They they reflect one another. Like, did you know that the atom mirrors the structure of our solar system? That's pretty big. Pretty strange, right? But it's science. Our internal experiences can often reflect our external world. Meaning, we can always connect what our thoughts, feelings, and experiences are within with what is happening in our life on the outside. If you've ever noticed someone that feels really sick, sees a lot of sickness. Um, If someone has a lot of depression, they see a lot of more things that represent that kind of sadness. Relationships have patterns that correspond to communication and other connections. So for instance, if we are focused on a mindset as a victim, we might externally have more experiences that keep us in that stance of victim. It's just a correspondence. So it's very similar to the law of attraction, and it connects with the law of divine oneness in that we are all connected to everything. So in manifestation therapy, uh, you might discuss um, different relationships that the person has with connection or correspondence to how they feel about themselves internally. So a good example of this is the Karpman Drama Triangle. So this model is a social uh, model that describes the dysfunctional interactional patterns that are often observed in our relationships. It's a very good example of the law of correspondence because external rules of victim who plays helpless The rescuer, who is an enabler or caretaker, jumps in to save the day. And the persecutor, who is pretty controlling and critical and usually the blamer. These mirror the dynamics of an individual's internal psyche, their identity, their emotional beliefs, imprinted messages. 
their patterns. Basically, these roles externally that might be involved in relationships may be happening internally with individual as well. So learning to understand these patterns will provide insights into how individuals can relate to one another and it reevaluates their own internal experiences and mindset. So we can shift out of these patterns and roles and gain new perspectives and healthier boundaries, views, and patterns. That's the goal. Shifting out of these roles in interpersonal relationships often results in a lot less freaking drama. So the triangle consists of three roles. The victim, as I've mentioned, they are the one that is helpless. They feel oppressed. They're often talking about how ashamed they are or how powerless they are or how poor me, it always happens to me. They're very dependent on others and they um, feed off that dependency. They seek out a rescuer. Sometimes they can't solve problems or make decisions or help themselves. They have that poor me, it's happening again, and they look for pity as well as constantly involved in self-pity. The problem is the victim always avoids responsibility and they view self as lesser than others. Now, uh, then we'd have the rescuer. So the rescuer sweeps in to save the day. They're overhelpful, they're all, all often uh, enabler, and sometimes the martyr. They usually feel responsible for others. They fix other people's problems constantly. They make sacrifices for others and discount their own personal needs. They self, um, they serve as a rescuer in work, in relationships, in home life, um, and they see others as helpless. So they see that they can't fix their own problem. They need to sweep in and save the day. And if they can't, they feel guilt. Uh, they keep the victim very dependent and their rescuing actually creates a sense of, of being capable. It gives them a sense of purpose. <clears throat> they are the savior. The uh, persecutor is sometimes a bully, but not always. They're usually the critical, judgmental one. They um, lash out or cause arguments. Uh, it's all your fault, they might say. They make the victim feel helpless, and they make the rescuer um, step in. So the rescuer often plays like the mediator in a three-way relationship. So... They are filled with anger and resentment, and they use a lot of guilt to control. They can be very rigid in thinking. They can sometimes be narcissists. They're very bossy or domineering, and they have that attitude of me first, and it's important that they have to be right. That is their identity. So you can't, like, this is something I use all the time with the youth I work with, because there's a lot of drama in youth relationships and I kind of help them see which role they might play with their friends on a regular basis but it's also good to correspond this to how people are doing internally so do they have a part of themselves that is more in depth the rescuer or the victim or do they blame themselves and others often by understanding our internal dynamics and external behaviors, we can actually become more empowered to take responsibility and find awareness in the possibility of change and healthier communication. We can also empower ourselves 
to become our best potential and reach our goals. That's why I use this with manifestation therapy. So the goal is for the persecutor, the blamer, if that is one of the parts that you have um, both externally and internally, would be to you know, begin to communicate more assertively, to express thoughts and feelings and ideas without becoming, you know, assertive or, or sorry, aggressive or overbearing. It's important for the persecutor to set boundaries and be an active listener, to ask questions instead of controlling, ordering, or blaming. It's important for the persecutor to learn to be accountable for themselves and to make expectations clear. So not threatening people to get their way or um, threatening themselves in a way that, you know, I can't do it, so I'm not going to try. It's better to collaborate and consider others. Now, if you're a victim, if you feel helpless inside, and if you act the victim on the outside, correspondingly, it's good to become a survivor, a thriver, problem solving, to state what you want and need. So the victim often has a big struggle instead of, um, they always ask for help. Instead of asking for help, it's what they need and to take action themselves to move forward. So it's important for the victim to learn to keep agreements and follow through with commitments, to dispute thinking, old thinking, and ask themselves about the healthy way of getting what they want with new imprinted messages. It's important that to be a survivor, they acknowledge their strengths and make note of progresses. And this is vital in manifestation therapy. Throughout the whole process, you want to point out where the strengths are with your clients and how they can make progress and how they are making progress, even just sitting in your office. Reflecting on strengths, appreciating uniqueness, accepting ourselves for being ourselves. So instead of asking for rescuing, asking for support. And then we have the rescuer, which a lot of supportive professionals are. A lot of us enter into this field of mental health and helping others because we like to save people. So instead of saving people, you want to support people. So becoming a coach, saying, I care about you and I know you are capable, instead of, I care about you and I'm going to help you. So don't do for others what they can do for themselves. Never, ever work harder than the client. So you have to be willing to listen without taking on other people's problems and pain. You have to set boundaries that reflect your own limitations and take care of your own needs and listen to your gut. So offering compassion over solutions is really positive. Supporting instead of rescuing, basically. Help only when asked and allow others to think and do for themselves. So if this is you internally, you're probably always trying to focus on other people instead of yourself. And it's time to figure out who you are. Understanding and applying the law of correspondence can support getting out of these roles, both internally and externally. Have some self-reflection. So individuals may use this principle for self-reflection by examining how their internal beliefs and thought patterns correspond to what experiences are happening externally. Support in the form of different holistic approaches like manifestation therapy. 
in holistic approaches to health and well-being. We are considering the correspondence between the physical, mental, and spiritual dimensions in promoting overall wellness. So we're reaching our full potential in all areas, not just one. The law of correspondence helps in finding solutions to problems by connecting whatever patterns exist in one area with another. It's a very powerful universal principle. Um, and I hope you got something out of the Cartman Triangle because it's very useful when working with others. That's it for today. Be your best potential. Your manifestation therapy, universal principles, and supportive practice. Don't forget to click like and share and visit my website today, manifestationtherapy.com.